I know it's always an industry that I can always fall back on if I need to. I can. Oh. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I know it's an industry. Hey, that was an anticipation of my answer. I'm okay. chewing something up. <laughs> I'm very excited now. I'm, I can't even think straight. Oh, uh, Hi, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to The Remix, the video podcast that keeps you in the mix of everything real estate. I'm Noelle Freisen. I'm Eric Anderson, and welcome back to The Remix. We are so excited today to talk about whether or not real estate is a career for you, whether or not you should quit your job and how to know when it's time to quit your job. And that's the biggest question. Should I quit my full-time jo job and dive into real estate? I say, <laughs> Go balls to the wall, quit your job, and dive in. That's she sexist. Means she means basketballs. But I say quit your job. I know Adam's going to tell you the same thing, but we're going to talk about that. So let's introduce our panel real quick. Okay, so we have our power panel. You guys know them. We have Nima, Mara. Oh, <laughs> goddamn. Oh, my God. You guys know them, but I don't. <laughs> we have Nima, oh Mary. Oh, my God. He's the managing partner at a Mary Law Firm. He is our legal eagle and our rock star deal maker. And we have Adam Sperber. Adam Sperber is the VP of residential at Alexander Anderson Real Estate Group. Who recently quit his job. Like I did. Two years ago. I did. Well, it was more than two years ago. Three years ago. It was a while back. Two it was years a couple ago, years yeah. ago. Was it two years ago? Yeah. Okay. And is now the so Adam, VP why did you quit? residential. Yeah, yeah, Adam moves fast. But Adam, why did you quit your job? Uh, I mean, let, let's be honest. I saw the potential to make more money and to have more freedom. Simple well, as that. Adam, start with, but, you have a great story. I want to hear your story. Like, how did you, you, you were doing X, you were doing Y, blah, blah, so blah. So I'll start all the way back. So it was, it was, it was a Monday morning around 9 a.m. when I was born, uh, 1986. Um, <laughs> were you born on a Monday? I'm pretty sure it was a Monday. I don't remember because it was you know, many years ago. Really useless fact to not explain. 906 a.m. <laughs> um, no, but, 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 you know, when it comes to, to real estate. So I've been in, um, you know, I, I studied engineering. I have a degree in mechanical engineering. And when... I got into sales. I worked for many different sales jobs to kind of learn just the sales process. And then I got to the point where, you know, as, as everybody knows here, that I kind of, to be honest, I kind of stumbled into real estate. It wasn't something that I was 100%, you know, I just had a family member that got into it, so I kind of found my way in. And then I tripped you. And then he tripped me, yeah, and then he pushed me. Um, and then I got to the point where I said, you know, I was doing both full time actually. So I was fortunate since it was a sales job that I was able to do both jobs full time. So, you know, I was doing, I was working pretty hard. I was working long hours, but I was able to simultaneously do both and just, you know, just let's, let's be honest, make money and, and work hard. But it got to the point where, you know, I built up my pipeline and it got to the point where I, I had to kind of dive in head first and go. Cause I got to the point where you, you can only make so much money and be so successful if you're only putting in 50% of your time, right? Mm -hmm. You need to put in hundred percent of your time to really take it to the next level. So you were in one job that had a limited earning capacity and then you saw another career or a lifestyle that had mm -hmm. no limits. Exactly. And you know, you know, like I was, I was, I was telling Noel, like, so for instance, you know, I, I had a great job. I had, yes, it's a salary job plus commissions and bonuses and benefits and all of that. And it's it's very stable. So yes, you know it's, it's it's definitely difficult to get over the stability. But once you do, you know I could tell you firsthand. This year, I've probably done year to date two and a half times, twice to two and a half times what I would have done all year 
at my nine to five. Wow. And we're only halfway and through the year. And we're in the beginning of July, exactly. Yeah. We're halfway so, through the year. So since the title of this episode is When Should I Quit My Job? So when what was that moment where you were like, I have to do this full time? Once I got to that point where I realized, I, you get to a tipping point where you say, okay, you know, I can only, you, you only have so much time in a day, you know, you can't work 24 hours a day. You only have so much time to put into work, right? And whether it's my nine to five or that was real estate, you only have so much time between the two. So I got to a tipping point where I, I said, okay, if I put in more time and I invest more in myself, now not only am I gonna have more freedom to do what I want at home but and in my own time, but I'm also gonna have the option to make more money because mm -hmm. you, know, it, you get to that point where now I can invest 100%. I did build up a pipeline. I didn't, you know, I'm not one of the people that jumped into it head first and went 100% and quit right away. I did build up my pipeline to get where I am today. And I think that's really important. It Adam, depends on your situation though. You you had a pipeline, so you knew that money would be coming in even after you quit. Yes. He had a pipeline, he also had some mouths to feed. Yeah. Well, that's true. Uh -huh. was, but I also was, have the reason- Was I, Baby I, D born yet? No. Uh, uh, yeah, he was yeah. actually when I, when I went full time, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, but, it's, you know, I'm fortunate that I had the, you know, the support at home, my wife works full time. And, you know, so I had that and we were in a place where I could just, you know, I, I got, when I got into engineering sales, I know it's always an industry that I can always fall back on if I need to, I can, oh. <laughs> anyway. So I know it's an industry. That was an anticipation of my answer. I'm okay. chewing something up. <laughs> I'm very excited now. I'm, I can't even think straight. Oh, well, uh, that, well, that's good. So, but no, I got to a point. So, like, like I said, I, I, I was at a point where I knew that I could get back into it. Um, you know, I wasn't. You know, I'm not. I wasn't living paycheck to paycheck. So, I had the the, the time. I had the resources. Here's, here's a question I have for you: Were you able to live in the life that you had already become accustomed to? Like, so you know, I I strictly believe that if you're going to get into something that is entrepreneurial, you have to jump. Head first, like Head just first. go at it, right? You can't basketballs say, to the wall. Exactly, um, I I truly believe that. But you know, you have to have a plan. You have to, and you can't expect if you were making a six figure income before, mm -hmm. and you're going into something quite new, you have to expect that your level of the way you live will come down. Don't you think? Correct. Yeah. No. And yeah? No. Well, yes and no. You see, Eric's like, no, no, no. I don't. No. My, I don't expect my level to ever come down. I just keep on pushing to go yeah, higher and higher. Yeah, but that's because you're already in it. But when you were twenty, whatever you were, and you started out a few years ago, you, when you started so out, when I started, I had zero experience in real estate. I quit a family business, which I never thought I was going to leave. It was a full time family business job. I had um, no idea what I wanted to do with my life, but I had real estate as a hobby. And I just jumped in 150% and I started making money within six months and it was just all uphill um, in money and downhill in battle. But for those six or months, uphill battle, you no, have to be ready battle. to eat some cup of noodles, you know, uh, there uh, were There was some Burger King yeah. times, but definitely. So, so this whole topic, right, we talk a lot about what we did, but most of the people, look, if you're watching our podcast, right, odds are you're not where we're at. Maybe you are, that's great, and you're looking for additional ideas. But if you're listening to this and there's interest, you're, you're asking yourselves, okay, that's great what you guys did, but what do we do? When do we do it, right? And everyone has a bit of a different story and everyone has a bit of a different outlook, right? I mean, we have the man, the myth, the legend in our audience <laughs> today, um, Herb. 
But, and actually he could probably give us some great insight on this, but look, everyone kind of makes it at a different point in their lives. And depending on where you're on, you're like, there's so many variables to this. If you're sitting and you're watching our podcast and you're 19, 20 years old, you have no kids, you live with your parents, you have no monthly nut, then your approach is gonna yep. be fundamentally different. Mm -hmm. If and you it's have- the perfect time to do it. Not really, that's not true either. Uh, we'll get into that. I so, think it is, you have new <coughs> responsibilities. The younger you are, the less responsibilities you have. And I always say, sure. we can take all our money away when we're young and we have our whole life to make it back. Yep. Can't sure. do that so, at 50. So guys, so in, in, in when I studied, if, uh, there, there was a class at NYU uh, when I was there, it's called International Relations. And they, they, they taught you something called the decision tree diagram, right? And a decision tree diagram is not linear. Um, you have, it's like a tree where you start with, you know, something and it just breaks down almost like a family tree and continues to break. So like that notion, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to be disrespectful guys, but to say, I said, okay, if you're 18, 20 and everyone's like, oh, well then that's the best time. Like that is a really linear way of looking at it. Sure. You have to gauge if you're that, mature enough to be in that stage well, of life. Even beyond that. Right. So that's one portion of the decision tree. So let's visualize a decision tree here, guys. So you have one where you're in the age group, you're young. You're 18 to 22, you live with your parents, you have no debt. You have another one, you're a little bit older, you have a monthly nut, you have rent you have to pay, you already have a job, right? Because the question- You might of, have kids, which changes the whole thing. Yeah, so the question for today's podcast is, when do you leave your full-time job? So really, if we're gonna talk about 18 to 22 year olds, we're off topic from leaving your full-time job, right? So then you have Some the- people have a full-time job at 18. Yeah, most a lot of people will, right? So I, I stand corrected. Then you have another category that's you're older, you're in your 30s to 40s, and you're looking to change careers in your life, which is a very fundamentally different shift because you're just in a different position in your life. Under each of those, there's separate categories, right? So let's start with that 18 to kind of 22 range where, yes, you have no debt, you have very little responsibility. You have a lot of energy. Sure, so your risk factor, <laughs> right? The factor of risk you're taking at that point is it, you have more room for risk because you can take big leaps because if you fall, you're not, you're not that high. You're not gonna fall far. Right. Getting back up and going again is gonna be different. That's one approach, that's what you guys are saying, and that's great, but there's also another approach of saying, hey, you know what, maybe at that point, I am just taking risks. Maybe at that point, it's smarter to say, let me establish a foundation and then make calculated risks. So maybe- well, you should always make calculated risks. I mean, it no. shouldn't be, I don't, I don't think you should just jump out and not have any kind of thought process or plan. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not what I meant. Sure. Calculated yeah. meaning you've done your research, you know what you're getting into, but you have to have a love for real estate if you're gonna, gonna, gonna get into it. Again, I, we, we've talked about you that. I don't agree. You love for real estate. I, I, I kind of stumped. I mean, look, like everybody else, like I, I like <laughs> But you up. loved it before I, I you like, quit I like the idea. I like houses. I like the process. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, what, what, growing up, it's not my my dream job that I said, I'm going to be a, a, a realtor for my, you know, for my career. It's just I found, you know, that I'm good at dealing with, you know, residential deals for the most part. I enjoy what I do. But it, like I said, it wasn't something that I was, you know, 15 or 10, 15 right. years old. And I said, Look, this is what I want. It, it do. helps. It really helps to love what you're doing, because then what do they say? What's the what's the homage that if you love what you do and you never work a day yeah. in your life? Right. right. But you also don't have to love real estate to get into it. You can just know it, understand it, and see it as a way to make money. Yeah, right? Absolutely. But, absolutely. but of course, if you love it, you're going to be better off. Nathan has a question, and let me just throw this out here so everyone is on the same playing field when it comes to vocab. He wants to know, what does it mean to build a pipeline, and how much effort does it take to build a pipeline, especially if you're working a nine to five? So, 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 all right, so 
in sales, you have different stages, right? So you have, you know, let's talk about buying a house, helping a buyer. You have from the moment you meet them all the way to closing, right? Mm -hmm. So you have different stages and different steps that go along with your, with your, you know, your, your deal process. Building a pipeline means that you have people that are looking to purchase now, people looking to purchase in three months and six months and right. a year and long-term and so forth. So what you have to do is, you, you know the saying, you gotta throw a lot, of, a lot of crap at the wall to see what sticks, right? That, mm -hmm. that type of thing. You have to have a lot of, you're, you're not gonna close as much as I wish you would, you're not gonna close all of them. So you need to have a lot of things going at any given time just to get those few deals. And out. in different process. And in, in different, different stages. stages. So, right. so like, it'd be great, like if I, if I had a ton of deals right now, I mean, it wouldn't be great, sorry. If I had a ton of deals right now, but I had nobody else that was making offers, then I know that in three months or six months, I'm gonna be really slow. Mm -hmm. So you have to keep feeding the pipeline so that you keep having new deals that come up and you're constantly doing new business because you, you get a person today that wants to buy a house, you're not closing them for three, six, nine months maybe. And that way you never stress out, you never run out of money because you constantly have deal flow happening. You constantly have projects that are gonna be closing and you don't just want to focus on what's going to close today. You want to focus on both. But these are things that you'll learn as you go into the business and as you move forward with your career in real estate. And, and, and Nathan, you can totally do this while you have a nine to five job. That's 100%. What Adam did. You're mm -hmm. building. So as you start building more people, your, your sort of reserve gets larger and they're in different stages. But Nathan, that's also respectfully kind of common sense in any industry where you need to tee up, like you can't just live on one deal. So, you know, that's, that's, not, that's not a factor of when you should leave your job because frankly, if you're doing anything and you don't have a pipeline or you're not queued up for the next six months, four months, then you're not, you're, you're, gonna, yeah. you're, you're gonna fail. But right? also understand that those pipelines <clears throat> could fall apart or have hiccups. So you don't wanna just have one item in your pipeline, you wanna have multiple. And that's what I was saying, you, wanna, you have to have a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on at any given time, and it would be great. If you can close them all, close them all. But generally, it doesn't happen that way. And, and it took me a while. So what's gonna happen is, you know, let's say you're working your nine to five and you're getting into real estate. You're gonna also develop skills that's gonna help you build your pipeline because people are gonna, let's face it, people are gonna trust you more because you know the process better. And as you get better at it, it's gonna be easier to build your pipeline, get new clients, and it's kind of a cascading effect. And, w and when, when you're in a job full-time, it's much easier to make money. It's oh, much yeah. easier to focus. People are gonna take you more seriously. Uh, you, while people do do real estate part-time, the big people that make the most amount of money are doing it full-time. And if in, in the way I look at it is if you're, if you're young or if you have the opportunity where you have other people helping support you and you're really motivated and you really enjoy this career, you just gotta jump in and you just gotta go for it. Shannon says, weren't you scared to give up your health benefits and retirement, especially having kids? She's a single mom with only one income and a pension and her kid is in college. And I'm just gonna say, when I made the leap with you, right? I had just gotten divorced, so it was all me and my kid, right? And I now I had reserves. Don't think that I didn't have some sort of reserves, but I couldn't have created this school with you had I not gone all in. So get your reserves there. And that's why I was asking about the level of your, like the lifestyle you become accustomed to. Yeah. I didn't have what I had become accustomed to, but I was able to get And you can't there. get anywhere in life without giving up something. Yeah. But yes, if you are a single mom and you do have a kid that you have to feed, 
you have to do what, what Neiman was saying, really think smart about what you're doing, plan it out, get stuff in the pipeline, do it part-time until you get to where you need to be. But there's also other options there. Maybe if you're a, um, a, a healthcare worker, right, or if you're in some other career, but you know you want to be in real estate, go and try to get a paid job in real estate. Go become a property manager part-time or full-time. Transaction coordinator. Uh, go become a transaction coordinator. Go do something else in the real estate field so you're immersed in it and you do that as your bridge to getting into full-time real estate. But that, but that's assuming you don't already have a job, right? Because if you leave your career to then become a property manager, you're just you're kind of now just starting a new so career yes that's hourly. No, that's but no, it's not assuming that because it, what, if, what if she's... Uh, in the in the food service industry like that has no relation to real estate really so you're saying so, as long as like go into a profession if it doesn't hurt you if you can lateral mm -hmm. make the same amount of money that's but lateral option, into right, the field so, it gets you into the field right so maybe you become <clears throat> a part-time um, staffer at a real estate office so you're getting immersed in all of that business and you're still full-time real estate even though you're not full-time sales and then as you build up your pipeline then you can transition over um, as far as healthcare you know there's a ton of options out there to buy your own healthcare uh, through but if you just lost program. your full-time job you have no money to buy healthcare yeah but look okay. at, at the end of the day it's like you can't it, that's you, why you start young when you're more healthy in theory right? and you're under oh. 26 and living home and yeah, on your parents' there you insurance, exactly. there you go. Guys, you can't, you, it, 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 this is what kind of actually troubles me about society. Everyone wants success with safety. It, that doesn't exist, mm. right? It doesn't. Like, you don't get big returns for making safe plays. It just, that doesn't happen, right? <laughs> you have to take your risks to get reward. That is the natural cycle of life and economics. If you want a safe investment, go make 2% on your money, buy a certain commodity. And go work right? for someone else. It, or you want to you make a big roll, take your money, put it in options, and let your dice roll. Like At the end of the day, you, no matter what, will be leaving a position of safety to go into a new field for higher returns. Unless you're looking for what's basically called kind of you transfer to equilibrium. So picture like a graph, right? You're literally, you have something going up like this <laughs> and you have something going down like this, like just two lines, right? This is your career in real estate. This is your career in whatever else you're doing. As your career in real estate goes up, your career in something else goes down because you only have a limited period of day. At one point, these two lines will cross. And they intersect. Right? No, that's sort of your middle ground. That's where the time and money in both are now at the same level. Right, where you can count on having the same amount of money. This is the only way to do it safely. You're gonna get that you have the same amount of flow. And I'm not talking about you sold a house in a month in the peak last three years. If you made money in the last three years, awesome, good for you, but a blind dog could have made money, right? So don't think that you're a rock star because you made money in the last 24 dog. months. That's a reality, right? Like, I don't can, know about that. You can I make think money still, off Pokemon cards. You still had to have some, ex some skills and some experience, no. but. Last two months, honestly, I, the dumbest people were able to make money. Like this just violated every rule of nature the last 24 months. Traditionally, it was easier in the last couple of years due to COVID that everybody was looking for a house, that it was easier to make a house I knew 16 year olds on Reddit giving stock advice. Like, <laughs> sorry, you made money in two years. Maybe you're smart, maybe you're not. Don't bank on that for the next four that you know, you're good at what you do. So did you ever, because you're a lawyer and you're also into investing and doing all of the real estate stuff, did you ever have to make that kind of decision? So to your point, this is actually where I was going, when that cross, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a proponent, don't quit your day job. Keep your day job. 
right? Unless you start getting to the point where you have FU money, right? Your day job, if it's a good career and you're making legitimate money, right? That's called cash flow, people, right? Why interrupt your cash flow? Real estate, if you want to be a real estate agent, that's a different story. You need to go show properties, run down leads, hustle. Very well, fundamental. What we're talking about here. Well, you could well, be a real estate investor. No, we too. have a lot of people watching this who yeah. want to be in real estate in different levels. If you want to be a real estate investor, right? Different. So if you're watching this and you're thinking about being a lot of times buying commercial real estate or doing things like that, keep your cash flow. That's the money that you're making that you're going to save. That's going to put your next 20% down, your next 20% down, your next 20% down. If you want to become a real estate agent, well, you wait for that equilibrium crossroad where you're making as much money. So I don't, I don't agree. I think when you're, you're becoming a real estate agent, you have to jump in 100% as long as you don't have that mouth to feed or something that stops you from doing that. Or you can at least feed that, that. mouth. But I did it. I jumped in. I didn't have health insurance for a year. You don't disagree. I well, was we're younger. I jumped right in. We're, 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 we're investor, not yes, I agree. Take your time. Keep your cash flow. I'm with you on the investor. Answer. We're on the same. If, right. I'm in that 18 to 22. You're right. That has a, you could take that risk. If you're in the mid range or no, to Noel's What about point? 22 to 30? You could do it. I was not 22. And you're with a kid and you have no, a it depends. It depends on the kids. <laughs> if you have no other mouths to feed, there's plenty of yeah. single people out there at 28 that hate their job and they don't know what to do and they want to try something. I but think if even you, if you have that mouth to feed, you owe it to that mouth to invest that kind of passion in yourself. I yes. really do. Correct, but don't not put food on the table out. and don't not put a. Right. You should save. You, you should have a nest out. egg. Yeah. You exactly. should save up at least, at least right. six so, months of reserves. Because it could take right. you. Like I said, it could take a deal. Year. Yeah, it could take you a lead that you get today that says I want to buy a house. It could take you six months or a year, and I've had this happen, mm -hmm. where it takes a long time. It could take a year and a half, two years before you actually close it and make any money off of them. Uh, so, you know, you don't know what's going to happen until right. the check is physically in your bank account. But everybody's experience is different yep. and everybody's um, drive is different. So for me, I was very driven. I was and able lucky. to jump in and lucky. No, not you, but um, luck is different too. Well, luck yeah. too. I mean, I've had deals that went out of nowhere, went really well. And then I've had deals that I've spent hours and hours and hours of hard work on blow apart. So it really Fair goes enough. either way. So sure, there's luck, but you have to just go with it. And if you're not happy with what you're doing, the sooner you make a change, the better. And also, can I just throw out one other thing? One thing that I definitely think got me to where I am today. So like I said, I went for engineering, which is totally different. I was sitting behind a desk programming. And then I said, all right, I'm bored with this. I want to do something a little bit more personable and work with people and out on the road. So I got into sales. So what I did was I got into a field where they gave me sales training. So I was getting paid a salary, a really good salary, plus bonuses, plus healthcare, and all those benefits to learn sales. And I leveraged that into another position. And that's what I used to, to learn the process to get where I am today. So had I just, you know, taken a step back, I kind of see all, you know, both different sides of, of, of you know, from my experience of this, you know, uh, how this works. But had I just jumped into it right after engineering, I might not be where I am today just because I didn't have the sales experience to get where I am. Well, I had bills, would, I had rent. You would have gotten that experience because you would have gotten learned. It. And you but who knows if I would have gotten... Um, so quickly. So quickly, but or also discouraged from it. Mm -hmm. I had a job where I was getting paid. They sent me away for a few months for training. They taught me the sales process. They taught me how to manage your leads and all of, all of the resources that I use every day now. Well, we have some questions. This is a topic that everyone's like, wah, 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 on, right? <laughs> okay, so Maya wants to know, as a family person, everyone here is a family person, um, do you feel like leaving your full-time job opened you up to more opportunity to actually be with your family? 
100%. I do. I look, I, I make my, well, so at where I am as, as an associate, as an agent myself, I make my own schedule. So if, you know, if on a, a day, I don't know, a, a Friday, I say, you know what? I want to spend some time with my son, with my wife. I want to go to the, you know, go to the amusement park or the zoo or whatever you want to do. I can do it. I don't have anybody telling me I can't. Yes, I do potentially lose some income because now I can't be taking a buyer out or chasing on a lead or something of the, of the sorts, but you get to choose and pick and choose what you want to do. So I, I, I yeah, and, and you know, I can vouch that, you know, Adam does prioritize his family, which is a great thing, but I don't think it's the Over job. the podcast. Or, <laughs> I, I don't think it's the job. My son's a little bit cuter. Everyone. The reality is it's you <laughs> and it's your character and it's your yeah. nature. It doesn't matter what job you're in. If you're, whatever you do, whether you're an employee, whether you're in real estate, it just depends on your personality. Some people just obsess over work and they put that before their family and vice versa. Um, that's just a personal, that's your character and what you want to do. Like I, for one, I'll be the first to say, and I'm sorry, my kids will watch this podcast when they're older, but I prioritize work. My, to much to the chagrin of my own wife, right? Like weekends, like I answer my phone, like when my employees tell me that they want family time on the weekends, I'm like thinking in my head, like, oh my God, kind of bullshit is that? Like, oh. <laughs> oh my God. You know? as, a, as a real estate agent, especially residential, it's tough to get family time. Yeah. And, on, and I do work. I work nights, I work weekends, I work holidays. In anything. Bro, <laughs> listen, you guys watching, Seven days a week, you work eight hours a day, you work nine to five, you go have lovely dinner with your wife, with your kids, right? 40 hours a week. That guy who woke up at six, left, didn't say hi to his kids, right? You worked from six to nine before you started, that's three hours. Five days a week, 15 hours. Wow. He basically, in the five day period, has two more full days of work of productivity over to you. Now, if he works over the weekend and he puts in four hours a day, on each weekend, that's another eight hours. That means at the end of that week, he has worked three more days than you. That's out of a five day work week, he's got eight days in, right? Three, three more days of productivity, which brings in more money. Who's gonna be, yes, who's gonna have money, more money? But, but, but money isn't everything. Let's just, can well, we hold, on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, money, money is everything. not everything, but we're not talking, <laughs> we're not, where, where's my Scrooge <laughs> toy? <laughs> <laughs> where's Scrooge Somebody, bring in, bring we're not, in my Scrooge. We're not talking about it as money. So yes, it's money. And as you're getting there, you have to build that money. But once you've been doing, doing this for 10 or 15 years, let's say, you're that's gonna come back to you. And now, instead of working that extra three days, you're gonna be able to take off those two days and you'll be working three days a Thank week. Thank you. So it will flip. And I do agree okay? with that. If you're in a job, your time will not usually flip. It's usually gonna stay consistent throughout your career. If you're doing something entrepreneurial, you're gonna put in, you're gonna rev it up from the beginning, and then it's gonna kind of coast in the middle, and then at the end, it's gonna flip. Guys, as long as you're an employee, even if you're your own real estate agent, right? I'm a lawyer, I own my own firm. In the legal world, I'm still an employee. I work for my clients. Adam works for his clients. As long as you guys are out there working for someone else, even if you're your own boss, newsflash, you're an employee. The only difference is you have your own name on the door. Big deal. Until you guys wisen up and listen to our podcast and understand the concept of residual <laughs> income, understand that you need to invest your money because guess what? Wealthy people's money works for them. Yes. Until you get to that level, no matter what, you're going to be working and hustling because you're making money, you're spending money, and you're living to work, right? And I just want to take one step back. You, yeah, so so Eric will probably vouch for this, is that, you know, money is, you know, obviously a big part of why I work hard, I work long hours, and so forth. So, like, when I say, like, I take off a Friday, it's, it's you know, when you're in this industry, you're never really taking off. 
you know, I was, uh, for instance, I was in Mexico. I was, I was on a flight. I think I spoke yeah, to you on my flight. Yeah, that was me. That was me who I called I you was, like, I want to see this house. I was and you're like, on a I'm plane. on the plane. Literally on a plane, on vacation, going to Mexico. But you made it happen. But I made it happen. I got you in there. We mm -hmm. took care of it. On so, the plane. So, so, so. From Mexico. But so that's what I'm saying is like, I can be in Mexico. I can answer my phone. I can still do work there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and I'm willing to do that on the weekends. I'll be by the pool. I'll bring my laptop. So I still work those hours, but I can work them by the pool. Nobody's telling me I have to be in an office. <laughs> I, I have to say for all of you, because we have a lot of questions coming in about family time and about family and being a family person and leaving your job, so on and so forth. I get, you know, I get my kid involved in yes. what I do. <laughs> Please go back to our podcast from <laughs> six ago. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's 10 years old. So he's young, but I explained to him what I'm doing as much as I can get him involved. So it's a family thing. Everything that goes on in this school especially, is a family thing. And especially if you're in investing and you're flipping houses or yeah, if you're yeah. building buildings, you're gonna bring your kids, you're gonna bring your family. You know, I always ask my wife to help me decorate stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it, it can be a whole operation. It can be a lot of fun. But you have to get started, and you know, let's talk about um, setting a plan and how yeah. to really how to really move this forward. So, I think if you are here or if you're watching this, you're already thinking, "I want to be an investor. I want to be an agent. I want to make a change." Education is the way to figure out what you want to do. Start reading. Start watching podcasts. Start talking to people that are in the role that you want to be in. Go to recareercenter.com and join us at the Center for Real Estate Education. Guys, get motivated by inspirational figures. Can I play something? Because while we were talking about this, this is this people are going to laugh. Oh, is it copyrighted? No, no, it's on YouTube. All right. So and, and it hasn't been taken out, so I'm assuming it's not. Um, so this is just hilarious because. It is an iconic Kanye West. I love Kanye. I play it. Out of his mind, play but it. listen to what he says, play right? I guess we'll never know. Right? So that was, I believe, when he was at the Grammys, where he says, you know, everyone wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. Because you won. Right. So guys, at the end of the day, you always want you're always gonna sit I there and ask it. yourselves, like, like, you know, what would happen if I fail? Well, you're not gonna know unless you try. And a right. lot of you may fail. And to Eric's point, you gotta have a plan. You gotta plan for failure and you have to hope for success. And it's okay to <laughs> fail. You know, failing is part of learning. Failing is part of making yourself. You need better. to fail. Because if you're not failing, you're just lucky. Mm -hmm. That's a reality. So what would be your plan? If you were if you were talking to someone, let's say they're mid thirties, mid forties, they have a little bit of right. some reserves. So we talked What's about your education. Um how much? A, a year of being able to pay your bills or or knowing Put that a number have, out there. I don't know, because it depends on you what your lifestyle is. Yeah, because it really depends on the person yeah. and what if you have a car lease, if you have like why don't we talk about statistical average? Two thousand dollar a month car lease, then right. you need to have like six thousand I mean, dollars a month. Most people have in the United States under ten thousand dollars in savings, statistically speaking. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, and that's not gonna last you six months no. or a year. Most people you don't have it if you're living at home and you're driving your parents' car. True, but we're but we're let's let's move up from the kids and work with. Let's just move past the money. You need to have a nest egg. You figure out what it is. You should have at least six months worth of living expenses. I think it should be more. What happens in six months? You're just you're gonna you're gonna know that you months. got that you got to hustle and you got to make money. A year, I I think it should be a year. A year, six months depends on who you are. If you know that you can make things happen, 
-hmm. Like Adam and I would have done it on two months. Nemo probably would have done it on half a month. Noel <laughs> is have a, a week. Noel is a year. Noel is five years. If you can survive in chaos, you will thrive <laughs> when things are normal. Yes. Right? And guess what? There's no motivation to get out there and hustle, like not having any money in the bank. I like yep. that That's saying, true. by the way. You That's should, true. But w while we're all joking Trademark. here, <laughs> while we're all joking here, just understand what the, the ramifications are. Make sure you know what your expenses are. Just know where you're going forward. Also, if there's stuff you can get out of, let's say you wanna, you're ready to make that switch and you have two cars, right? Maybe you don't need two cars. Maybe you only need one car. So you get rid of one of those cars in preparation. You can always buy it back. You can always add things to your life. Okay, but when you have no money, the less things you have in your life, the better. And it's also less stress. Eric's saying, stop being a poser. Get rid of all the stuff you don't need. Yeah. If you're going to start a new profession, right, get raw, get real. Just strip yourself down materially to, to the basics of what you need to succeed and put all your money. Ramen time and noodles. Yeah. I wouldn't eat ramen noodles. It's, you know, MSG, carbohydrates. Okay. I'd still go get your organic Pasta. juice in the morning. But not at but Starbucks. Also take advantage of things. Not like we have anything against Starbucks. Um, <laughs> you get a inheritance. You um, you're in a relationship where. Wait, did you say take advantage of things in life? Yeah, when <laughs> your family dies and you get that money, <laughs> you take advantage it like of it. <laughs> if you're, you have you that divorce, you're getting alimony. You all have, great things. <laughs> if you have that opportunity, that's a good catalyst. Turn lemons to make into change. lemonade. Right. If you have an opportunity, or tragedy into positivity. <laughs> If you have an opportunity via lemon, lemonade, strategy, whatever, to, to make a jump. We're not saying get married just to get divorced, just to get alimony. We're not going that route. I mean, if right. that's a route to take, sorry, hon, but I'm in. You know, Put me say, in, coach. Let's say you're moving from, from a very high ticket area like California mm -hmm. to somewhere like Florida where the, the, price, the housing prices are less expensive and you sold your house in California. You may have a ton of extra cash yeah. now. That could be a, the, the time. That's a much you, better example. Thank you. That could be the time to jump into a new career. But let's be okay. honest. All, all, really, most of you watching, I hope you have a ton of extra cash because you sold your $8 million place in Cali and now you're moving <laughs> to your, your $500,000 place in Florida. But the reality is most of you watching here are paycheck to paycheck, right? You're looking for a new career. You probably don't even have you know, three months in the bank account. You don't have a month in the bank account. You probably are literally waiting for your next check to come in to pay you the bills of what you put on your credit card last month. If I'm wrong, God bless. That's the reality. That's most of America. That's, that's, don't yeah. feel bad. Yeah. That's not everybody on this podcast or anybody that's watching this it's, podcast. It's in general. A few of our, our people are like that. And it's and probably, mo it's, that like it's that. probably most of America. <clears throat> Guys, we're the only country that thrives off debt. Even wealthy people have debt. So yes. there's good debt and bad debt. And that's a different conversation. So but that's a great idea. Actually, look at what your debt is. So when you're making that switch to, to, to kick out of your job, Understand what your debt is. Understand what your obligations are. And let's be honest. There's a ton of, like, listen, with inflation right now, it's affected everybody. Sure. I would say everyone at this table is a 1%, right? If I'm at the gas station going, wow, you know? Top 3%. Sure. Top three percent of realtors, but top one percent, I guess. Look, top. If you, if you, I think the statistics: if you're worth over two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you're in the top one percent. All right, right. So we're, we're yeah. everybody here is in the top one percent. So, so, as as so in our podcast, yeah, on, on our show, at least you're my top visitors. one. Well, no, well, we can't, we can't say that generally because because we have yeah. to like there. There's a lot of you out there who I'd love to pat you on the back, but there's the reality of what most of America lives in, in especially in a time right now where inflation is rampant. We are a country that misuses credit cards and debt, and a lot of you are looking to improve your life. Nima, I'm married for president. <laughs> Honestly, the realist. 
All right. right. So let's go back to setting your plan. Yeah. So your okay. plan, what's your plan? How are you going to set it? And how are you going to go forward? So let's assume you don't, you don't have the means. Let's assume you're just, you're working a nine to five. You're making 15, 20 bucks an hour. You're barely making it, but you really want to get into real estate. And guys, the real, the realistic approach is you're not going to be able to sit there, save up for six months and then just ju jump into right. it. Right. So what's the first thing? First. Education. And what did we talk about when we first said about education? When you get a job in real estate mentorship. Mentorship. They go hand in hand. If you go and listen, every, you want to know why every real estate agency wants you, right? EXP, Coldwell Banker, what are the rest of them? Well, big names. Williams. Keller Williams. Everyone, Everyone throws everything at you because, guys, why wouldn't you? It's one of the few professions where they don't have to pay you a salary. You add just to their volume and their numbers, and anything you sell, they get a piece of. And so, they yeah. charge you a monthly amount. <clears throat> and they charge you monthly. Right? So, so they're making money off of you if you don't sell anything. So guys, do your research and look for mentorship. If you want to change into this profession, find somewhere where you're going to get mentorship. So we talked about this when, well, when Mike was on the podcast. You've talked about this, Adam. Like, you know, Eric has talked about this. Even Noelle has conceded that she's received the mentorship from, from Eric. Find somewhere where you're going to... You, you, you said it, right? Yeah, like you guys said it. So guys, find somewhere where you're not out on your own. You're not like, I'm just going to go into Where you're not state. just a number. Right? I have to say, so we here at Seafree um, at the Center for Real Estate Education take that really seriously. We actually have a new small group coaching. So it's small groups where you're with a mentor and they're helping you get from I'm a new real estate agent to I'm now making money. I'm building that pipeline. I'm making those transitions Laying because without mentorship, without someone who is ahead of you to tell you what to look forward to, mm -hmm. you're not going to get there. I okay. totally agree. So with step you. one is education. Step two is membership. Step mentorship. three, know your debt obligations and have a nest egg. If have some cash flow but for what if six you months. Do step three. Okay. Well, you have to. What if you can't? Well, well then, no, then if then if you have no obligations, if you have no liabilities, then it doesn't matter. No. What if you're just crumbled in debt? You just you can't pay them. Or you just can't. You're just not conceivable to make this transfer and pay them. Well, then you have to keep your day job, and then you have to slowly work your way into it yeah. through part time. Okay. So what does that mean, guys? That means or get someone to sponsor you. You get someone your day get job. someone who's going to pay your bills for for six months until you can get your your. Guys, your job line up. What does that mean Not to everyone what, is as handsome as you are? What does that mean to you guys? People that are more handsome as the as the listeners. It means build your work schedule to leave time in where you can still do showings. You're not going to get as many people because you don't have all day. Make your showings at four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, right? But don't expect to go home to your family. Don't expect to go home and hang out. Don't expect to spend your weekends relaxing because that's your free time now yeah. that you have to devote to your second yeah. job. Yeah. So. Yeah. Build that around and understand that that's a much slower path to independence. And, and don't be afraid also, by the way, so let's say somebody, you, you work nine to five and somebody says, I want to see this house at three o'clock. You know, it, it, there's a lot of realtors out there. If you don't show it at three o'clock, they might just call somebody else. Don't be afraid to ask somebody else to help, help you, you and get a referral. You'll still get paid off of it and you won't potentially lose the client. I do this all the time. I just closed a deal actually yesterday in um, in the area for just under $800,000. I wasn't able to get my, my client in there when they wanted to see it the second time, whatever the situation was. I asked somebody else that we work with to go in there. And what I'm doing is I'm giving them a referral for helping me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't lose potentially Anything. lose the whole commission. So I'm still getting a majority of it, but I didn't lose all of it. Just or, because or, of it. or just, <laughs> guys, this is play the game. 
Tell your client, listen, I'm sorry, they're not available at three. Can we make this five? Can we make so, it six? So that, but there's, there's a time work. and place. But that you, can you know, work, you know, like, I, sorry, I don't mean to cut. I just, so what I always do is like, if somebody says to me, you know, I really want to see it at this time. Like if, you know, I, I can't ever say to them, I'm not available because then they're going to call somebody else. I'll never be unavailable, exactly. guys. So you can say, you know, something, well, the seller's not available. Can you do this time or something along those yeah, lines? But if creative. in the end of the day, they can only see it at two o'clock and you're not available. And it's the only time that works for everybody but you, get them in there. Yeah. Find a way, schedule it. Find another associate that can Need help work. you. work. Be like, hey, I have a doctor appointment. Or yeah, just, just take a late lunch. There's, there's a, a lot of lie to your system, boss. Guys. Basically yeah. what this boils down to is you need a support system both at home and in the office and in your workspace and in your business. So having that support system where you can go to someone 100%. and be like, hey, find someone else yeah. who's in your position who also has time constraints and work together with that person. Like oh. You help them, they help you, and you both you both succeed. It, it, it's funny. So we're talking about this, and like when Eric went around being like two weeks, two months, six months, like you just decided like everyone's talking about risk level, and I'm hearing all this. I'm like support system. Like what a chump way to go through life. Like who needs support system? Like, we're just no, talking no, about getting oh started. You're in the right. You're in the right. I'm just saying how entirely risk not averse, but pro risk I am yeah. Yeah. versus like, you know, that tied in. Like you're like, okay. You're like support system, way. what is that? I've yeah. never had a support system. No, I'm like man up and just and do it I yourself, it. figure you it out. Don't be such a beep. support system because you both have wives that help out. There's a lot of Absolutely. silence. Absolutely. I was gonna say, there's a lot of silence I'm right like, now. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> so you let's, go back, to, let's can, go back to it. No, to that point, honestly, but, I do my best not to involve my wife on work-related stuff because- And I'm not saying work-related, she makes your life. She just takes care life. of your kids. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're talking, we're, of course, that's a different conversation. We're talking about work-wise. Like, God. guys, remember, if you lean on your spouse, and I'll give you all my personal opinion, and that, that stress from hustling and trying something new, if you take that home and you then ask for help on that, you're putting a huge burden on your significant other that I don't think is fair. Like if you're a man or a woman, level up, you're the one taking the risk, you want something new, you keep that inside, you figure it out, internalize it, but don't go dumping the, that off on other people. Like if you're I here to do Shannon, that, do you. Shannon, yes the no. other single mom on here, she said she's a single mom, would agree with me when you say having that spouse is a support system. If you are a single parent, man or woman, and you are taking care of your child, you need some support system because that does go into what you're doing. As there, there are, there of course, you watch your kid. If you're there single, are anomalies. There, you need you need to make sure that they have attention too. Right. It's not just watch. There are anomalies in life like Nima who doesn't need a support system, but the rest <laughs> of us do. <laughs> <laughs> And if you can I do have need a support one, system, guys. It's, it's, it's your wife great, is probably watching. Like, what, what? Said 100%. Yeah. No, listen, my just wife know, runs a kid. She runs a house. Just, She's an endodontist. Just have options. Just have babysitting options. Have, I just, have options for showings. You know, um, one of the one of the really successful people that I've worked with over the years, they started in commercial. That's where they really wanted to go. Okay, but they didn't you, have Eric. any money. Oh, that's not me. Okay, I don't think he's talking about me. So either, <laughs> it wasn't either of you. So what they did is they went out, and when they were in college, they were a bartender. So they went out and they got a bartending job on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Male well, guess what? That gives them some cash flow. <laughs> and, and then they had their free time during the day to work. Yeah. Okay. So what, what did you do during the day do, let's, let's say you're a massage therapist, right? You do your massages and you want to do uh, if residential. If you are and you come into office, please call me. Stop. You're doing, you want to do residential, you do your massages during the day, sure. and then you do your residential on nights and weekends. There's a way to structure something <laughs> 
that it can make it work working for you. In, Eric, I what, what's the working in restaurants and retail actually is not a bad way to start yeah. in these. Guys, but also remember, you can burn yourself out. Like if you're working in a restaurant, you're a bartender and you're working till three o'clock in the your morning. Goal, your goal is to get here. That's and we just talked about, you just you said you it, yeah, before it, that you have to stress out to get somewhere. It's it's, it's going to be hard. Just just know that. But, let but me nothing in life is, nothing worth doing is easy, right? So sure. you have to put right. in the time. You got to uh, put in the effort. Unless you bought Dogecoin. <laughs> so, all right, Eric, what, what, is, what is the average average real estate closing at price in like this North Jersey area? 500, 400, and I, I looked at it. For residential, it's like just under 500,000. Let's call it $500,000. Okay. Whatever. It's just under. It's like right, 450 so, so or so. Let's take let's, that number, right? So, guys, just assume that if you close it and you're a co broker on that, um, the commission on that at 5% is $25,000. So, 2.5% is $12,500. And if you're listening, age, you get an extra 250 bucks, right? Yep. So, at 12000 if you close what is one average deal, like, do the basic math, like 12,500 bucks that comes in should be able to last an average person with, because the average rent and other expenses should be able to last two, three months, right? Mm -hmm. So when you get that one deal, like, and you got a couple of those, maybe a part of your plan should be to close a couple of those and don't touch that money. Put it in a bank account, Could let work. that become your nest egg. So if you're thinking to yourself, as we've been talking about, saving from your day job to make this transfer, Maybe you continue to use your day job to pay for your expenses, but you save from a couple of these real estate transactions to make that transition. Yeah. Uh, I, I can tell you an example of someone that worked for me a couple of years back. She was a receptionist. She was making $32,000 a year and she was with me for two months and she closed her first deal and she got a check for like $15,000. And I'm looking at her. She was a single mom and she lived with her mother. So she had that network. Mm -hmm. And I said, what are you doing? Why are you working this reception job? You just did one deal from a lead. It wasn't even like her family gave her the house to sell. It was one deal where she got it. She worked her butt off. She got it. She made 15 grand. I'm like, if you did that every month, you'd be 10 times, 10 steps ahead of where you are now. Five steps. Okay. Well, however many steps. And this person didn't have. Math people. <laughs> she, she didn't have a, a college education. She had high school level education. I think she had a couple college credits. So she, she didn't have that confidence that some people have after they go through college. Um, and I really tried to motivate her, but she just couldn't do it. So it's not easy. But you have to look at it as, as what Nima just said. Do the math. And if you have the ability and you have that um, drive and you want to be successful in, in, and have financial freedom in the future, this is the way to go. Very important. I also think Invest in yourselves, people. Well, that's true. I also think it has to do with what you're doing. So if you are in a job that's easy to get again, you know what I mean? Like if you're an assistant, if you're in retail or restaurant, if I would totally leave the job, but we have- It's a great point. We have someone here who's in law enforcement for 13 years, mm -hmm. you know, and did insurance before that, you know, that's, it's harder to leave your law enforcement job where you're entrenched. It's actually well, a career. If you're in law enforcement, do not leave your do job. Do not leave your job. <laughs> no, no, and I'm not talking about- It's actually gonna be no, good for I'm you. Not, I'm not, no, I'm not talking about criminals, like whatever. Somebody okay. else will take your spot. You have a killer 401k that you can borrow against. You can borrow against the money in your 401k, pay your own 401k back with interest, right? Use that money and invest in real estate, right? It, de it depends on what career stage you're in. If you're in year two of law enforcement no, and you hate your job, if you're 13 years in and you retire years, you're at 18 years, then yeah, it makes sense to try to do something at like that. At 13 years in, like don't, 
run your time, use your 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 money. That's really, as a police officer, it's on the back end, you get a lot, right? She said she's waiting for a pension. Yeah, no, don't leave that pension. But uh, we have tons of police officers yeah. that do real estate as a second career. Sure. And sure. actually a lot of police officers do leave their job to do real estate. So, you know, if you're successful, but after you're everything that we're saying, no, you don't have to be vested. You don't have to be any of that stuff. No, she, if she, you feel she, that you I can do it, borrow against, right? you can do it. You don't need to wait. Okay, I don't believe in waiting. If you're good at what you do and you have a passion for it and you feel that you've tested it out long enough where you're you're in that mode and you're gonna keep killing it, then kill, then go, then do it. Eric is a passion person, guys. So, and I, I can vouch for this. Like, Eric, what he does, he truly believes in and he gives his whole heart to it because he is a passion person. And his advice comes from a place of passion. So I hope all of you watching this find one of us on this podcast that you think you can relate to and say, okay, well, I'm gonna listen to that person because we have similar personalities. Like. Eric truly means the best in everything he does, which is why I love him as a person outside of business. I'm not a passion person. Even if I hated doing something, I would do it because it made money, it has cash flow. I'm what some people call cold, right? In terms of, I look at things. I'm a good person. I'm not saying that, but no. When it comes to business, like I look at raw you're, numbers. You're all about business, right? I, I, I like. Which I look, is nothing wrong with that. I look at raw numbers and like everyone has fun and all, but at the end of the day, I will do something I hate because it gives me money. And at the end of the day, that's what the end of this game is. Like nobody's like working because if they work hard enough and they love it enough, they achieve some kind of like level to heaven. Like, oh, I hit like level 28 of love of work and now I've eclipsed to another. <laughs> well, some people plateau. love to work just for the work purpose. So that's literally there, there ingrained people in people. Yeah, no. It's ingrained. I'm just saying if you don't like what you do, right? Like don't be a whiny little baby. Like if it makes you money and you're not ready to transfer, Keep doing it until you're ready to make as much money or enough money that you can leave. So good, good point. We're talking about money. So, so everybody has a different level of how much money they meet, they need. Some people need a hundred thousand a year. Some people need fifty thousand a year. Some people need two million a year, and some people need ten million a year. Okay, that would be Nima. <laughs> but it's all about whatever dollar amount that you feel comfortable. You have to set and figure out what you need out of life and get your 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 numbers there and set realistic goals for yourself but i don't know be unrealistic shoot for the stars but you have let's you say so? let's say you give yourself a year let's eric's, go with eric's thinking year. about home he's pondering you, you you do know most people i fail in the, the first stars. year right so, you, so set yourself up for a year what is it three quarters or eight if you dream it if you visualize it you can own it so it's, but so i do shoot for the stars just like he said however I don't think I shot for the stars in like my first two years. I think I said, let me see where I can go with this. And I gave myself realistic goals. Bought a, bought a property that was over a few hundred thousand dollars and flipped it. That's yeah. not that's not like, okay, let me let me do a single. But my but run. my goals may have been a million a year instead of someone else's goal, maybe a hundred thousand. Everybody has their level. Don't be afraid you know. to worst case scenario, you don't hit your goal, but you climb a lot faster when the challenge line is yeah. further. Challenge yourself. Right. And so I read a book. It was, I don't know, it was Atomic Habits or The Key to Happiness, really cool book. And it actually said don't set goals, right? Because it said if you're goal-oriented, that's how you fail. Because most people are goal-oriented. Like if you have a diet or if you have and you say this is my goal, once you achieve it, that drive that had you going is no longer there because you've achieved that goal. So this book talked about how instead of being goal-oriented, right, be purpose-driven and make your purpose to be successful, make your purpose to be big in real estate and don't set a goal because once you hit it and if you hit it, then you're content and you actually lose motivation. Mm. So he's right. So that makes sense. My goals are fluid. So I would say <coughs> my goal every year is, is 
at this point in my life is I want to buy at least one building a year. Um, I have a very low entry point for me. Um, but so, so it doesn't say I want to buy one building a year. It says I want to buy at least one building a year. So that's my goal is to buy buildings. That's what I do. So but what's your purpose? My purpose is I'm addicted to buying buildings. So his purpose so. is to grow a real estate portfolio. <laughs> it's it's like a drug for me. So it just gives me endorphins. I love doing it. Um, really, my purpose is freedom, uh, where I don't have where I can wake up in the morning and just do whatever I want. I'm kind of there right now. Um, so now it's more of just it's something I enjoy doing. Do you have a goal every year? Uh, say I want to buy X amount of buildings, specific number. I don't have numbers. I just say I like to add. So have you ever had that goal? I have had specific number goals. Yes. Okay. All right, interesting. So, but for the most part, you would say you're purpose driven. Yes. Okay, Adam, do you have a goal? Say, I'm going to sell or close 32 transactions a year, or are you purpose driven? I'm going to close and sell as many as I can. Uh, it's kind of both. So it's a it's a personal goal, kind of like to sell more properties than I did the year previously, or at least a higher dollar amount. It doesn't have to be number of properties, dollar amount. But on the other side, I just want to sell as many as I can. Okay. So I mean, I want to just yeah, I just want to hustle and. Sell properties. No, what about you? Do you have goals that you say for yourself? Not many type of goals. I have goals for how I want my life to look. I don't like, I, money doesn't actually push me to do anything. I'm more of a praise person, and you know this. Like, if, if Great exactly. Job, if, Noel. If, Good job. Praise be to Noel. The merciful, the generous, the great. In that praise, but it's also the way my life looks. How much time am I spending with, with Brendan? Um, how happy am I? I'm lo really looking to have a life where I feel and also feel needed. Yes, that's why she's the nice one on the panel. I'm just saying. I, I think like, that positive three of us are really However, nice. However, I will preface that by that can't happen, not unless I make money. So the new house can't happen, not unless we have money, right? All of this mm -hmm. stuff can't happen, you know? So, and I like gadgets, so I do need money. And what about your goal? Yes. Honestly, I don't know. Um, I, 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 it's very easy for me to talk about other people, but when you have to reflect on yourself, I think that takes a uh, level of en enlightenment I lack. You got 30 seconds. Go ahead, enlighten us. Usually I don't need more time than that. <laughs> um, I think my, uh, my goal, if I had a goal, it's probably more purpose-driven. It is to accomplish more than what my father's accomplished. While that sounds stupid and no, it's not family it basis, it's like, you know, you look at it and you say, okay, you know, what can you create and what impact will you have on this world? Right. So that's, I think, what my, I'm not a goal-oriented person. I, I'm very purpose-oriented. Like for me, it's it's beyond that. Like I think about daily about, okay, I want to start a, um, you know, a 501c3 and what kind of impact will it have? Because listen, one day I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be in the dirt. Maybe my kids will visit me my tomb. Maybe they'll move to another state. The dogs will definitely pee on you. No, I'm going to get one of those really, really nice ones that's got yeah. dog, you know, dogs aren't allowed. But um, but look, the reality is like I'm thinking about every day. It's not money, but lineage. Like, what impact am I having? So my name stays. All right, alive. but you're giving us a grand, big picture. I, that's what What's I have. Your yearly. Thought? I don't, ha I don't have one. I don't. I don't wake up being like I want to do a better than. I don't even know how much money I made last year. I just want to wake up every day and be like, all right. Like, if there's an opportunity, I get opportunities. I just don't like to pass them up. And on an opportunity by opportunity basis, how do I figure it out? How do I make it work? And then it's done. I move to the next I one. I think there is a point though when you're making 
a certain amount of money that you can move to the more esoteric. You can move to the more, what is the meaning of my life? Well, I've, been, I've been like that since I was, before I was making a ton of I think money. you always have to, have to have a little bit of what is the meaning of your life. But sometimes when you're 21 or 25, you don't know what it is yet. So it takes time to and, get And there. I, so, so, you know, like I, I grew up, you know, comfortable life with my family and, you know, I was able to go to camp and do this and that. Fantastic. So. Huh? Band, yeah, Bandcamp, exactly. Um, are we too old where we're like we're the only ones who remember no, how that's yeah, funny? Um, like, you're all watching this like, what the hell's Bandcamp? <laughs> American Pie. Yeah. Ramapo um, Day Camp. I haven't even watched it. Uh, but, Shout out to Ramapo Day Camp. Yeah. So, so like I was fortunate. Like I could go to camp. I could do things. And it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't like money wasn't what got in the way of me going to camp. It was mm -hmm. if I wanted to or not. If right. I wanted to go to sleepaway camp. So I have, you know, I have a, you know, a, a little over two-year-old son right now. And he... You know, my goal, one of my biggest goals is to have him be able to do that exact same thing. If he wants to go to camp, if he wants to travel, if he wants to study abroad, he, it's his choice. I don't want money to be the reason that he can't do it. So that's my motivation. Obviously, Sorry, if I brought a tear to your eyes. No, 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 it was no, deep, no, no. right? All right, last word. No, I, 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 that, that's my motivation. I want, I want my family to be able to live comfortably and be happy. And I told my wife after she had our son, I said, she's a nurse practitioner. She's the stable one with the stable income. I told her, you you can work if you want to. You don't have to work if you don't want to. I said that's my goal. That was is actually to, a question someone had, but go ahead. My goal is to make enough money that you don't have to work if you want to stay home with with our son and our family and take care of that. That's totally up to you. And, and you hit that goal already. I hit that goal, but she shows she wants to work. I'm yeah, sure. guys, I, th I think if you're if you're if you're female in this industry, um, and I don't want to speak for females, but please don't. Or you're a male. Look, you <laughs> and your other significant other makes enough where you don't have to. Guys, still do something, and real estate's a great thing to do, even part time, because you need that for you. You need a sense of accomplishment. You need a sense of independence, and I think that this is actually a great profession where you can you can take your kids to school, you can do your thing, and you yeah. can still make your own money, where you're not ever dependent on anyone. And I don't want to. It could be male or female. Yep. I'm just saying female because statistically speaking, there are more women at home than there are men. Right? That number may change in the future. We're gonna give our <laughs> last. We're gonna give our last thought. Hold on, hold on. It's about passion. Okay. That's my last thought. It's about exactly. passion. If you have the passion to do something, go do it. If you if you visualize something, which is what I do, I can make it happen through visualization. Noelle, I know, is the same way. If she sets something in her mind that she wants, she goes and gets it. Same thing with the career change. If you're looking to do something, just find the time that works for you. We've given you a lot of um, pros and cons. We've given you a lot of things to worry about. We've given you insight into our lives. But just go and do it. Whether do it's it. real estate or something else, just go do it. Life's too short. Dive in. Basketballs to the wall. Basketballs <laughs> to the wall. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Give us your last word. If you, if you visualize it, you can own it. Thanks, guys. Bye.